0: Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 cioe with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission is to change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well, so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel that you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Today... I'm with Leona Berkey, the Executive Director for Brain Injury Nova Scotia and a nonprofiteer, activist, and community educator. Welcome, Leona, on my show. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me, Dr. Christine.
0: Well, it's okay just to call um, me Christine because I'm here just <laughs> as a normal person. But Leona, tell me a little bit about yourself, your story, and how you got involved with Brain Injury Rehab.
1: Sure. Um, I, uh, I've been the Executive Director of Brain Injury Nova Scotia since 2014. Um, and I got involved with the organization uh, in the beginning as a volunteer because my sister has a pretty severe brain injury, which she incurred in the late 90s. And I was looking for uh, some programs and support for her and got involved in the association. Um, and then one thing led to another, and they were in a position to um, bring on some staff. And uh, I moved into the role as uh, executive director since 2014. So uh, the organization itself has been around for 29 years. Uh, and Brain Injury Nova Scotia was founded by a group of families, uh, parents and husbands and wives of people living with brain injury. And, uh, over all of these years, uh, we've been trying to improve services and supports in Nova Scotia for Nova Scotians living with brain injury. Uh, when I got involved, I was quite shocked, uh, to realize that there are little to no, uh, appropriate publicly funded services for people with brain injury and um, as of late we've been in the news, we've worked on a acquired brain injury strategy for the province of Nova Scotia with the Department of Health and that was uh, a learning process for them as well and I was happy to come on today just to kind of raise awareness of brain injury in Nova Scotia. Uh, the, the sheer numbers of people that it, it, it affects uh, tends to shock the average person um there are estimated around 3000 new brain injuries every year in Nova Scotia now an acquired brain injury is any any physical or medical injury to the brain that occurs after birth so that spectrum includes uh mild traumatic brain injuries which uh many people know as concussions uh, all the way to more severe traumatic brain injuries as the result of car accidents or uh, things like that. And in between, we have everything from stroke to aneurysm to oxygen deprivation-type injuries, uh, brain infections such as encephalitis, meningitis, and basically everything in between. Um, so, brain injury currently could be affecting up to ninety thousand Nova Scotians. So that's a great deal of people. Oh, that's for um, sure. And it's and always, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, indeed it is, and it's always good to, uh, you know, when we have an opportunity to raise awareness. Yes. Um, we take it.
0: It is such an important cause because what are we without our brain? It is.
1: Well, it is the most important organ <laughs> that we have. Right. We're, we're nothing without it.
0: Now you named a few of the more common injuries to the brain from all sides, whether it be an accident or an internal process like a stroke, which can be a bleeding or a blood clot that that occludes the arteries or uh, infections. So there's a few. And lately we have heard a lot about concussions, which is something that affects young people. Let's talk a little bit about how it affects people when their brain gets injured.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like, uh, brain injuries are as individual as, as the injury itself, but mm-hmm. speaking to concussion specifically, um, a lot of people phone us uh, for information and support around the issue of a concussion. Um, one out of every three kids will have a concussion before leaving high school. And, uh, many parents phone particularly concerned with, um, the children that have had more than one concussion. So basically any active sport, any contact sport, you know, even everyday activities present endless risks for even, uh, mild traumatic brain injuries such as concussions. Uh, we have lots of research emerging about the long-term effect of repetitive concussions, particularly in younger years. And we're also uh, seeing now research emerging that uh, that young women and women in general tend to be more susceptible to uh, prolonged effects mm-hmm. from a concussion. Now let and, me ask um, you a
0: question that many parents probably yes. ask you. How do I know if somebody that banged their head has a concussion, I mean years ago, the typical symptoms were a headache or loss of consciousness or nausea and and throwing up, but there's more subtle signs that are coming out more lately, so let's tell me a little bit about that i'm I'm sure you have all the newest research about that
1: yeah well um i I think one uh, mis- uh, sort of a myth that's out there is that you need to be Unconscious to you know you need to be knocked unconscious to um, to you know acquire a, um, a major concussion, but that's not the case. Uh, symptoms can often be quite subtle. And any sort of jarring blow to the body, it doesn't even have to be a blow to the head, can can result in a concussion. Um, So basically any direct blow to the head, face, neck, or anywhere on the body that causes a severe and sudden movement to the head because the brain itself is suspended in fluid inside your skull. So... A direct blow that causes a, a sudden movement can cause the brain to sort of bounce around inside the skull. And if it, if it hits at the forward part of the skull or perhaps bounces back, sometimes very microscopic damage can happen or micro damage can happen inside the brain. So some of the common signs and symptoms, Christine, are, um, things that, that we know, certainly, uh, headache, pressure in the head, neck pain, Dizziness, problems with balance, uh, sometimes with more severe concussions, people feel nauseated or, um, or vomiting happens. Um, oftentimes though, there are vision problems after a concussion or hearing problems. So sort of like a ringing in the ears. And oftentimes our young people report just, just not, they don't feel right. You know, they feel dazed and a little bit confused. Or they feel like they're in a fog. Um, Other subtle symptoms can include drowsiness, fatigue or low energy, um, emotional issues, so feeling more emotional than usual or irritable, um, and difficulty concentrating or remembering. So all of these things sort of make up a pretty large list of possible symptoms. Yes, and a pretty
0: unspecific list too, so it's hard for parents and coaches of sports teams to say is it a concussion or is it just a teenage thing and that that how how do you differentiate that
1: exactly that's that's one of the tough parts i mean i know a lot of sports uh, organizations and coaches are using uh something called baseline testing so they use a uh, basically a measurement tool to measure their athletes when they're healthy so that if a concussion is suspected, then they can A B those measurement tools to see if any symptoms are popping up or there's any remarkable difference between the two. Um, so there's uh, many of these kinds of tools available. Um, one one popular one is called the SCAT test, um, and that's used by a lot of uh, a lot of current coaches and and people that are involved in athletics. So, you know, that basic baseline test is is very useful for athletes. But for a lot of people that just slip and fall, they don't have a baseline test, um, you know, to refer to.
0: So how common really is it? Because what you're saying is that lots and lots of people would fall in that category, even somebody that slips on the ice and hits the head. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, when we're looking at uh, about 3000 new brain injuries a year in Nova Scotia, many of those um may not even um go through um, an emergency room or what have yeah. you. Um, many mild brain injuries are not admitted to hospital or may go undiagnosed, and 80% is are classified as mild.
0: So or, you know, probably sort of the, the 3,000 is rather understated, yeah. is that right? Yep. Yeah, because yeah, everybody absolutely. that has a major traffic accident will have a concussion
1: yeah a lot yeah. of people will wow. yeah nice. and and you know after a major accident, well it's most likely you would go to emergency, yes or you know you would you would either go into hospital or at least go see your doctor or what have you, but you know there is certainly that element of of uh of mild brain injuries that may go undiagnosed, which is mm-hmm. certainly a a public health problem, especially if people have persistent system symptoms, and they're not exactly sure why. <laughs>
0: Okay, that is really a good point to end the first half of the show. And uh, here on 97.5 CoAEFM FM Community Radio. And please tune in after the commercial break for more with Leonard Burke, And we'll talk a little bit about what can be done to heal a brain injury or to prevent them. And I'm looking forward to talking more to you about that. Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE-FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and I am with today's guest, Leona Berkey, Executive Director of Brain Injury Nova Scotia. In the first half, we talked about what is a brain injury, how many people are affected in Nova Scotia, And how do you recognize if a brain injury has occurred? And in the second half, we'll talk a little bit more about what can you do when a brain injury has occurred. So Leona, it's great that you are back and uh, if you can tell us a little bit what do does somebody do or the parents or a loved one if... Their relative or themselves have a concussion, have a brain injury of any severity?
1: Um, well, uh, unfortunately in, in Nova Scotia, there aren't a lot of services available through the public system. So typically what would happen with, with a more moderate to severe brain injury, if, if the person is, is lucky enough to go through, um, you know, we have very good, um, neurosurgical and neurology care at the you know at the higher mm-hmm. level in, in hospitals uh, particularly here in Halifax so a typical pathway would be uh, someone would be admitted say after a car accident and um, if a brain injury has occurred uh, a lot of folks will spend time at the Nova Scotia Rehab Center here in Halifax and um, you know that That is more of a focused rehabilitation effort to basically look at um, what issues may may be happening due to the brain injury. So those could be cognitive and communication problems, executive functions, those types of things. And we have very good staff over there and and, uh, a really good acquired brain injury program. Um, the problem in Nova Scotia is when people get released from the hospital system, there's very little available to them in the community mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people are sort of left to, to fend for themselves, you know, family and, and and caregivers and the brain injury survivor themselves. Um, a, a starting point for for a lot of brain injuries is to go through a neuropsychological assessment which, uh, is basically a special battery of tests designed to measure brain functioning following a brain injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so through the public system, the wait time can be up to two years for oh a neuropsychological test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. And in the private, uh, system, they can cost thousands of dollars. So your people are kind of stuck, you know, if, if they want to pursue, uh, treatment actively, Uh, oftentimes once you, once you leave the hospital setting, uh, there's very little available, um, outside of the private sector. So by the private sector, I mean private neuropsychologists, uh, private psychologists and also private rehab options, which is often available, are often available through, um, physio clinics, private physio clinics that are getting into the business of concussion management and, and, and brain injury rehab that's based sort of in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of those, a lot of those interventions ideally are, are sort of multidisciplinary. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, people can uh, take advantage of occupational therapy, physiotherapy, um, psychological therapy, uh, all in the aim of, of basically, um, looking at two essential processes. One is um, r- restoring functions that can be restored um, through therapy and rehab and, and ongoing work. And then also the process of learning how to do things differently if your brain function can't be restored to pre-injury level. So it's quite complicated uh, for folks that have moderate to severe brain injuries. And for those on the milder end, certainly don't feel like it's mild, especially if they have uh, ongoing symptoms. But a lot of people are are, are finding success uh, through... Um, services acquired at at private physio clinics that are getting into concussion Mm -hmm. management. We have several concussion clinics operated by medical doctors through Nova Scotia that uh, people are seeking help from as well. And a couple of alternatives uh, that people are talking lots about, um, including um, interventions for visual issues uh, so prism glasses and, and the like that, that people are accessing through, uh, private, uh, optometry services. And, um, and then a lot of people are also exploring, um, more mindful, mindfulness practices such as yoga and things like that to, uh, to help them over time. But, uh, it's difficult to outline the services that are available because outside of the hospital system and outside of Halifax, there's very little available in the yeah, community yeah. for people so that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges that that we face as you know the brain injury community and and us as well as an organization
0: yeah now you outlined several options for brain injury rehab that uh, are certainly extremely important and necessary mm. how do you see the role of nutrition and uh, targeted supplementation in healing a brain injury I know it's a controversial topic, but for me myself, I feel that a nutritionist, dietitian that is knowledgeable in that subject can benefit too. What do you think about that?
1: Um, well, I mean, anything that, that, any nutrients that help brain function, um, of course, would have a connection to, um, you know, keeping your brain healthy over time, and if you're in a situation and you have a brain injury, certainly paying attention to the best foods for your brain function and, and brain health and memory are, you know, are important to consider as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some specific, uh, foods that I can, you know, that I can tell you about and, and, and nutrients, um, are, are things that contain, uh, vitamin K and folate, such as adv- avocados, um, avocados are a wonderful uh, yes. <laughs> wonderful food. They're rich in vitamin B and mm-hmm. C
0: and good fat um, kind yeah. of
1: thing. Um, but basically, the foods that your brain loves uh, includes things like deep water fish, mm-hmm. um, anything that's rich in the omega essential fatty acids, those those oils are essential. Um, fatty acids are essential for brain function. Yes. So certainly paying attention to those kinds of things. I mentioned avocados, nuts, seeds, berries. Um, basically, um, you know, you're looking at the, the category of foods that, um, you know, that have a lot of o- the omega fatty acids yeah. and um And then a lot of the antioxidants and what have you that are found in berries. I couldn't agree more. I feel a whole
0: food, varied diet with a high portion of colorful vegetables, fruits, and healthy fats will help not only the whole body but also the brain heal. So I'm very happy that we share that opinion. Why don't we talk a little yeah. bit more about what you are doing with the brain injury Nova Scotia Association? What's your goal? What are you focusing on? What services do you offer?
1: yeah um well well we um we we're a relatively small organization for the numbers of people mm-hmm. that are affected by brain injury and and that's been always a challenge for the organization and I think that there's a few reasons for that. You know, many years ago, uh, brain injury was certainly not uh, a matter of public discussion as much as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, increased awareness around concussion and long-term effects of re- repetitive concussions have really kind of made things a lot busier um, in our world. But uh, one of the main focuses of the organization for many years now and and indeed since it began was uh, to play a a large role in in advocacy Mm -hmm. to try to keep brain injury on, you know, the Department of Health and and other uh, government departments to keep it on the radar. Um, There are many, many issues in the brain injury community, uh, not just dealing with health, but also with community services and access to community services. Um, There are issues in the justice system. There's a lot of issues in in with lack of support in returning to education and employment. So it really covers you know all areas. and uh, a big, big part of the organization's work over the years has been to educate and inform you know our policymakers on the importance of this issue. Um and as of late, all of all of that advocacy work you know did culminate in in a major project. Um, that is yet to be released, but we're very hopeful that we'll be able to move some of this work forward. And that's an acquired brain injury strategy for the province. So that's a provincial coordinated approach to try to develop services so that people can continue their journey of recovery and not have that just stopped for them you know, when they're released from hospital or what have you.
0: Wonderful. Um, Now that is an exciting and very important, sorry to interrupt you, it's a very important topic.
1: But, yeah, and then day-to-day we also have, um, we also offer information and resources to people, we have some social media platforms Mm -hmm. that people are connecting through, and uh, we also offer education and peer support uh, via our chapters and a peer support network that's across the province so that really helps us uh, you know connect the brain injury community despite being very small mm-hmm. so we have active educational uh, sessions and workshops here in Halifax uh, we provide education and, and training to employers we provide concussion information to the sports community as needed um, and all of that stuff is evidence-based, of course, because we try to uh, you know, base our information on, on the latest science that's so very important. And uh, through our peer support network, we're able to offer some support to people, uh, namely that they don't feel like they're all alone, and also to share resources and strategies with each other as we continue to develop our own services and programs.
0: Now, that is wonderful, and I am sure if people would like to support you, they could volunteer or they could donate some money, and that is a nice thought to bring us to the end of today's show. And please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions, or if you'd like to contact Leona or the Brain Injury Association of Nova Scotia, You can certainly uh, contact them directly, or you can email me and I'll connect you. My email here at the station is christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at communityradio.ca. And I'm always grateful for any feedback. I also want to extend a special thank you to today's producer, Jim Francis. You might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run, non-profit radio station, and we even have an art gallery. If you're local and you'd like to drop in, we are at 11 Glendale Avenue, Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio, with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.